Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Oh, Father, you're so good. You're so good. Father, glorify your name in this place. Oh, God, glorify your name in our hearts. Father, I pray right now that there will be a spirit of surrender. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you're going to do. Have your way. Lord, this is your church. This is your space. This is your, oh God, this is your building. This is your people. Have your way, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Lord, if there are people that have walls around their hearts, break them down in the name of Jesus. Oh, let them feel the presence and the love of God like they've never felt before. If there are people that are wrestling through the nuances of whether they believe there is a God, oh, I pray, let them feel your presence and your love. And Lord, your word says it's your loving kindness that draws us to repentance. Holy Spirit, do a work. Do a work, oh God, in your church. Do a work in our hearts, oh God. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Oh, get us out of the way as we surrender to you and yield our hearts, yield our minds, yield ourselves to you. Glorify your name, oh God, that your name be lifted high amongst your people. Lord, I rebuke all distraction. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke all anxiety. Lord, people that have walked in here with baggage, Lord, let them find a safe place to lay it at your feet. Oh, let there be peace. Let there be love. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your presence that's so clearly here today. Oh, Lord, anoint me. Anoint me to deliver your word in spirit and power in the name of Jesus. Lord, my words are are just words, but if you breathe on them, they can change people's hearts. Oh God, I need you. I need you, Holy Spirit, right now. Oh God, I recognize that I am nothing. Lord, I am a failed bag of bones, but Lord, you are everything. Anoint me, oh God. Have your way today in this place. Have your way as we walk out. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Let your anointing fall upon us. Oh, God. I'm so sick of doing church and there's people in this building that are sick they're saying there has to be more to this relationship there has to be more there has to be more there is more I'm telling you there's more there's more and it comes in the working in the person of the Holy Spirit that's at work in us there's more (laughs) Holy Spirit have your way Let us let go of religion and let us grab hold of relationship. Have your way, God. I thank you for what you're about to do. I thank you for what you've already done. 
as we've consecrated ourselves to you in worship through song. I pray that your work will continue through worship and word. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're about to do. Mm. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, there's a word today. There's a word today. I think I titled my message wrong. You ever have those moments where you think you've done something wrong? I titled my message Confidence. But I think if I were to retitle it today, I would say it's along the way. Along the way. And we're going to read a scripture out of Matthew that starts off with along the way. But it has to do with confidence. Today, we're going to answer a couple questions, but we're going to compare and contrast a group of people to Christ. And let me tell you, this, this word today is for you. I don't care what season you're in, this word is for you. Because every one of us put our confidence in something. And God's calling his church in this season. We can't afford to put our confidence in anything other than Christ and the Holy Spirit. We can't afford it moving forward. Some of us have put confidence in a political system or a government. Some of us have put confidence in family. Some of us have put confidence in Fords. Sorry. But we put confidence in all sorts of things. And in this season moving forward, we can't afford to put confidence in anything else. we got to put confidence in God and God alone his word and his spirit working in us so we could, be, we could be the change this world needs. We don't have to sit back and say, wow, this world's going to hell because we have the message that can change that. And it's on us to carry it to the world. Oh man, I'm fired up and I, I woke up like this. And no, I've only had one cup of coffee today. Grant you is 24 ounces. So, but man, we're going to be looking at Zechariah 4 through 6. And there is a scripture that we're about to look at. And it says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my, says the Lord. But we're going to look at the context around this that Zechariah is talking about. And then understand what God is really saying. Because it's easy, you know, like those scriptures that we just quote in our time of need, which you should do that. I'm not demeaning that by any means. But sometimes we can say stuff so much that it almost loses its authority in our lives and the impact that it can have in us. Because we'll say, well, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit. We kind of say in passing conversation and different things like that. But the context around the scripture of what Zechariah is saying about Zerubbabel, who is building the temple of God, he says this, then God, he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force or might, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. Come on. If that doesn't get you fired up, your wood's wet. 
When God says that it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, he, can, he is the one that Jesus turns around in the New Testament and says, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea. We have this authority through the spirit of God working in us to speak to things that are coming against us. And he's saying, this is my tone, Zerubbabel. He's building my temple, and I'm not going to let anything stand in his way because God is form. It's not Zerubbabel's strength. It's not his might. It's not his cunning. It's not his architecture. It's not anything he could put his confidence in this side of heaven. It's only by the spirit of the living God. And he says... And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it, may God bless it, may God bless it. And then we go on. Then another message came from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of the temple, and he will complete it. He will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. I, I, I want to stop there for a moment. God, is, God has given us a challenge through his commission, but some of us have more specific things in our life, like callings. God has called you to do certain things. God has called you to reach certain people, and he's given you giftings to do it. And when we try to hoard those giftings and we try to do things on our own, those giftings will exhaust and we'll get burned out and we'll say, well, God's not doing anything. But when we, like Zerubbabel, give it to God, God will finish it. God made a way for Zerubbabel to finish the temple. And if you give your calling, your gifting, your everything to God, he will make a way for you to finish what he's called you. I don't care if you got called 40 years ago and the Lord's put something on your heart to do with your life. It's not too late to start. It's not too late. Let's, let's move on. Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. It's really easy to look at a project like rebuilding the temple. And this is a temple, have you mind, that Christ walked through and taught in. This is that same temple that Zerubbabel is building. And it doesn't look like much but a pile of rock right now. But... That's the thing. We can get so discouraged when we look out and see small. But the Bible constantly tells us we don't. We, 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 we walk by faith, not by sight. We focus on, on, on things that are not seen, not on things that are seen. We gotta, we gotta look through the lens of faith. We gotta walk with the Spirit because the Spirit of God trumps the, 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 the spirit world that we walk in, this battle that we're fighting, trumps realities. It does, that we can see with our physical mind. And God's saying, I, I, I know, I know that it just looks like a pile of rubble, but do not despise these days of small beginnings because God loves to see the work begin. It might just start with a conversation in your life with the neighbor that the Lord's told you to, to speak to or with a coworker, or, or just take that simple step of like, you know, God, how can I serve more? Or what do you want me to do? It might just start with that. That's a great place to start in our walk with God. What do you want me to do? And it might be small. It might just be the smallest thing. 
that God asks you to do. But do not despise these days as small beginnings because the Lord loves to see the work begin. Just start it. Just start it. So I want us to grab a hold of this because Zerubbabel was starting the construction of the temple and there's nothing he could do in his own might or his own power to see it through in his lifetime. It wouldn't have happened. But God, he said, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. You might be facing an impossible situation. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. That's the difference. So often we put our confidence in our might and our power and our ability to do something. And that's going to leave you high and dry. It's going to leave you kicked out the door and thinking, God, what in the world? But if we lean in to the promise of God, and lean into the strength provided by his spirit. What God does through us will only be able to be defined as impossible. It won't look possible. But it's not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. I want to compare and contrast this because there's two, there's a section of scripture, and I'm going to kind of jump around between Mark and Matthew, and, but it's kind of, it's in that same time frame. It goes from like the Last Supper to the Garden of Gethsemane to Jesus carrying the cross. It's all within like 12 hours. And I want to I show you what happens and give you two characteristics today. The first characteristic is, how, the characteristic if you're putting your confidence in the flesh or human effort. Because God tells us it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. He empowered Zerubbabel to do something. And Zerubbabel had to work, don't get me wrong. And it was a long process, but he empowered him to complete it. And it was by the spirit of God that enabled that. And there's these two, two things here. We could put our confidence in might and power, or we could put our confidence in the spirit. And the first thing is, I, I want to give you a quick test to ask yourself. Characteristic of confidence in human effort. Are you ready for this? Because it's really quite simple. It's not like a some long process, but you can test yourself even as I'm speaking. The test, you keep making promises to God. If, like, well, shouldn't I make promises to God? No. Stop making promises to God. Don't do it. Quit doing it. What? No, that doesn't seem right. Because I make promises all the time to God. And when's the last one you kept? Wait, what? You can't keep them. Every promise you make to God, you've broke at some point. God, I'll never do this again. Right. 
God, I'll try better. Right. God, I'll... Right. Being real, guys. God, I'll... I'll here's, here's one that I made a lot in my teenage years. God, I'll never look at that again. Then God snickered and went, Right. God, I'll, I'll never talk disrespectfully to my parents again. My parents would have loved to hear that promise. Then they would have been thoroughly disappointed the next time they spoke to me. We can't. We can't keep them. I, and the, and, the, and the, what's funny is we make these promises to God with such pure intentions. And I think that's why God's so gracious to us. Because when we make promises to God, we do it with purity of heart. I guarantee you, every one of you, every one of you, when you make a promise to God, like, God, I'm going to do this so much better. I'm going to, yeah. And, but, but the kicker is, and, and you truly mean it, but the kicker is when you don't keep it, you beat yourself up and you think it's God. You, you go through and you have such guilt because you broke this promise to God. And God's like, I never asked you to make a promise to me to begin with. I never asked you to make that vow to me. What does God want from us? He wants a relationship. Period. Because he loves us. And out of that, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God sanctifies us. He draws us into Christ, who then Christ turns and leads us to the Father. He just wants relationship with us. And it's not about our effort. Whenever we keep putting effort and we keep making promises, you're, you're, we, essentially what we're doing is, God, you, you are enough, but I think I need to add something here. And so I need to throw something into the mix of the cross and the resurrection. Instead of just resting in who God is and your salvation who, that is secure in Christ, and, and, and then we beat ourselves up, we, we, we condemn ourselves, and if you're feeling any form of condemnation in your walk with God, that's not from God. Condemnation is a foreign language that God cannot speak. Condemnation. The Bible says in Romans 8.1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're condemning yourself, you're actually speaking for the enemy to yourself. Quit condemning yourself. Quit making promises to God that you can't keep. And so I'm going to read you a section of scripture in Mark 14, 29-31. This is at the Last Supper. Jesus just said that he's about to be betrayed. And Peter, who is probably my favorite apostle, because he has a big mouth. And I can relate to him so much. And I love, I love Peter's boldness here because he's literally sitting in front of everyone. All the other apostles minus Judas. And he says this, even if everyone else deserts you. He's kind of like, that's right, John, James. That's right. If everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. That you even know me. No! There's an exclamation point. 
Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And, and we forget about this, and all the others vowed the same. And all the others vowed the same. It's interesting. Peter and the apostles, they were 100% sincere in this promise. It's not like they were making a promise and crossing their fingers like, oh God, I'll never betray you. It's not like they're Judas. No, they were 100% sincere. Peter was 100% sincere in his promise to God. God, I'll never deny you, even if I have to die. Even if I have to die. But he couldn't keep it in his own effort. He couldn't keep this promise. It wasn't until after he encountered the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost that this promise became not, not his promise to God, but God's promise to him. Honestly, if you read one of the last conversations between Jesus and, and Peter, Peter says, he's walking with them after Jesus renewed Peter. He says, do you love me? You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. He asked him that three times, and along the way, they're talking, and, and Peter, he, Jesus tells Peter, he says, hey, one day you're going to be led to your death and um, for my sake. And then Peter turns around and looks at John. He says, what about him? He says, what is that to you? What if he lives to be a thousand or never dies? What is that to you? As for you, you follow me. And Jesus makes a promise to Peter that he'll die. And Peter ends up dying for Christ, but not because he said he would, but because Jesus said he would. Because God's not obligated to keep your promises. He's obligated to keep his. And so we see Peter and the apostles making sincere promises, but he can't keep them. That's characteristics that they're still putting confidence in themselves and not the spirit of God. They're still putting confidence in who they are. I'm an apostle of Jesus and saying, I, I, I'm a servant of Christ and, and I just need to listen to the spirit. And so they're putting confidence in their human effort to keep their own promises. So I'm going to read you Matthew 26, 36 through 43. And this is after the Last, last Supper. Um, Jesus um, leads them out to a place that he, I think he went often because Jesus, Judas knew exactly where to find them. He, like he, he led the, the guards right to him. So Jesus went here often in prayer and then Jesus went to, with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here a while, I go, um, sit here while I'll go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's son, two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. So if you are anger, anguished and distressed this morning, you're in good company. Jesus got that way. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So he left um, some of the apostles a little further out. He took Peter, James, and John further in. And then he went further in to pray. He went a little further and bowed his face to the ground praying, my father, if it, is your, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you 
watch with me? Even one hour? It's almost like Jesus, I'll, even if everyone else deserts you, I, I never will. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm ride and die, Jesus. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, but Jesus says, hey, I need you to keep watch with me. Pray with me. And they're like, absolutely. He turns around, they're like, Keep watch and pray, again he tells them, so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. So Jesus right here, he's actually submitting to the promise of God and the call of God on his life. Not that he... He's done that 100% of his life. But to this point, he knows what's about to happen. And he's just saying, okay, God, I know your will is for me to die. But if there's any other way, let's look at all possibilities before I submit. But then he walks out of the garden fully submitted to the will of God. That means means if God wants him on Golgotha's hill nailed to a cross, God is responsible for getting him there. I want you to hear that. It's not Jesus' responsibility. When you submit to the will of God and the call of God on your life, it's not your responsibility to get you to the end. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Then Jesus left them. Oh, Then he returned. When he returned, let's go. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. Three times he caught them sleeping. It's almost... You see, you see, Peter and the apostles made this sincere promise to God, but they couldn't even keep it for that night. And what happens after that? I didn't even get into it, but Jesus is about to be arrested. Judas walks up, kisses Jesus on the cheek, and um, identifies Jesus as the one who needs to be arrested by kissing him on the cheek. He betrays the Son of God with the kiss on the cheek which is not a weird thing back then that would have been a traditional greeting Jesus wasn't French he was Jewish but with that said at that moment with all the chaos with all the soldiers every one of the apostles end up running out of the garden of Gethsemane deserting Jesus we'll never leave you Jesus within hours they're breaking their promise Peter, yeah, sure, he pulled out a sword because Peter's that guy. But guess what? Jesus fixed Peter's mistake, and Peter still ran off. John, they tried to seize John. They grabbed his cloak, and John ran out of the garden in Gethsemane naked. This was quite the arrest. Like, man, if they had cops back then, this would have been one that you, like a season finale arrest. Because when they walked up on Jesus and he said, they said, who, do you, who are you looking for, Jesus asked. And, and, and they're like, we're looking for Jesus Christ. And he's like, I am he. When he dropped that on them, he flexed a little, and they all fell to the ground. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm letting you take me. But it was quite the scene. And they couldn't keep their promise. And you can't keep yours either. But be encouraged. Because Jesus gives us an example 
of what we should do. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. So the second test is characteristics of confidence in the Holy Spirit. You trust in the promises God made to you. So suddenly, you're not leaning on your own strength to keep something that you made. You lean in on God to keep something he made. Jesus, the Son of God, submitted himself to the will of the Father, and he said, God, not my will, your will be done. At that moment, he said, God, if you want me on Golgotha's hill, on a cross, dying for sinners, you'll get me there. You'll get me there. It's not on him to get himself to the cross. All he had to do is walk in obedience. We complicate this so much. We make it so hard on ourselves to walk with God. But you know what? All we have to do is walk. And God opens the door. God sends the right people. God does the right thing. You just walk. What, what, what do I need to do? I need to do something. I got, I got to, I, I got to read my Bible more. I got to, I, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to make a promise to God. I gotta, no, you don't. Just walk with God. Just wake up in the morning. Thank him. Praise him. Walk with him. Don't, don't turn these tools of discipleship, like reading your Bible, that's a tool to grow closer to God. Or praying, that's a tool. Don't turn them into rules, because no longer, they, they won't help you get closer to God as soon as they become a rule to you. When something becomes an obligation, you don't want to do it. Just walk with God, and it leads to intimacy. What did Jesus do? He leaned into the promises of God. Not my will, your will be done. I'm going to read you a scripture. There came a point, I want you to get this. There came a point in God's, in Jesus Christ's walk on earth that he could not take a step further. He could not take a step further in his calling. Did you realize that? So if you are feeling stressed, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling sorrowful, if, you're, if you feel like, God, I can't take a step more in this relationship, Jesus got there too. And I'm not talking about the garden. I'm talking about when he was carrying the cross. There came a point when he was walking and carrying the very thing his calling was. His whole purpose for coming to earth, the 33 years he was here, was to die on that cross, then raise again to pay your and my penalty of sin so we can have a relationship with the Father. That it was, he was walking in the purpose of God, but he couldn't take a step further. God couldn't do it. What? He couldn't. But because Jesus leaned into the promises of God and he said, God, not my will, your will be done. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he established, it's God's will for me to die on the cross and to raise again. That's God's will for my life. They established that. He didn't walk out of the garden going, I wonder what I should do. He walked out knowing exactly what the will of God was for him. Then he said, if God wants me to do this, then he'll provide a way. And in Matthew 27, 32 proves this. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. 
Jesus got to the point where in his own strength, he could not complete the calling of God on his life. Think about that. But remember what we said last, last way, well, oh, last way, last week, that along the way, the Holy Spirit will make a way, then he'll lead the way to the way. And along the way, the Holy Spirit made a way, then led the way to the way. Along the way. It's almost like God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. It's almost like God knew that Simon of Cyrene would be right there on that road and that the soldiers would see him and say, that guy could carry a cross. It's almost like God knew that his son would not be able in his own might to get the cross to Golgotha's hill. And it's almost like Jesus knew that if I just lean into the promises of God, if I lean on the Spirit, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, that the Spirit of the living God Along the way, we'll make a way. Along the way, we'll make a way. That means, I want you to get this. Jesus put all his trust in God. That if it is what God wanted him to do, then God will make a way for him to do it. If you're here and you have zero strength, but you know God's asking you to do something, you're in, a good, you're in good company, Jesus got there too. And if you just lean into the promises of God, he says, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm your ever-present help in time and need. These are things that God tells us, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, he's with you always, that that he is our strength when we are weak. Like, you just lean in to those Quit leaning on yourself. Quit making promises to God and start learning the promises God made to you. Start telling yourself the promises. Like, I, I don't know what was going through Jesus' head. He just got scourged by the, a Roman battalion. He was bloody. He was tattered. His back looked like hamburger meat. His probably front looked like hamburger meat. He had a crown of thorns shoved into his skull. I don't know what was going through his head. But I know this. He leaned into the promises of God. He knew that if God wanted him on Golgotha's hill, God would make a way for him to get there. And the same is true for you. If God wants you somewhere, he'll make a way for you to get there. So quit worrying about it. Quit having anxiety over it. Quit being depressed that things aren't working out the way you think they should work out. Just lean into God. Lean in to God. I know that's easier said than done. Like, well, you're just, dude, I'm telling you, I don't ask you guys to do anything I don't do. Man, the Lord's been making some big ask of me this last week, and it's really hard. It's really hard to the point where I said, Amy, I I need you to pray with me about this. Because it's really, this is going to really inconvenience our family. But the Lord makes a way. The Lord makes a way when you lean in. God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. This tells me that when we need, this tells me that we need to keep trusting, we need to keep believing, we need to keep walking forward, we need to keep carrying your cross, we need to keep walking in step with the Holy Spirit even when you're spent. When you feel like you can't do it, 
Because along the way, the answer's coming. Along the way, the answer's coming. It's right around the corner. I'm telling you, your answer's right around the corner. Keep praying for that lost loved one. Your answer's right around the corner. Keep, keep lifting. I'm telling you, your answer's right around the corner. Keep going. Your answer's right around the corner. God's hearing you. Your answer's right around the corner. God's moving. Your answer's right around the corner. Keep walking. Your answer's right around the corner. I'm telling you, you need to grab a hold of this. Along the way, God showed up. Along the way, it, it wasn't like when Jesus just stopped. He didn't stop moving in his calling. He didn't stop moving in his purpose along the way. Along the way. Someone needs to just write that down. Along the way, my answer's coming. Along the way, keep moving towards Jesus. Along the way, my answer's coming. Keep going towards your purpose. Along the way. Along the way, your answer's coming. Along the way, keep praying. Along the way. You never know. What God's doing, you keep lifting him up, keep worshiping, keep going. And I'm telling you, keep leaning into who he is. God is everything he said he is. That's why prayer, our, our prayer night is so important. Because it consecrates us to God. So we quit thinking about ourselves and we start thinking about who he is. Jesus consecrated himself in the garden. He said, not my will, but your will. And he remembered that, you know what? God said long, long ago and prophesied that I will die, but three days later I will rise. I'm going to lean into the promises of God. I'm going to walk. And that's a characteristic. If you're walking in step with the Spirit, you lean into God's promises. If you're walking in step with the flesh, you lean into your promises. And guess which one disappoints? Your, your human effort every single time. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's only God that can do impossible things. Guess what? You can't and I can't. But God through us can do impossible things. God through us can do impossible things. And we're going to see impossible things happen this year. Two years ago, it seemed impossible to pay off this church this year. Two years ago. January of 2019, if I would ask, are we going to pay off this church in 2021? How many of you guys would have said yes? No hands? Are you joking? Where's your faith? I'm just joking. $850,000 in debt, right? In two years? But God, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. I can't tell you how many times I sit in a board meeting, actually every time, because I'm so confused. Like, what? Not confused like that, but I'm, I'm confused to God's mathematical structure of how we keep giving money away to missions. We keep giving money away to our community. We keep blessing people in our community, not just giving money, but, but paying people's um, bills and, and helping our community. And we, we brought on, I think, three or four new missionaries, four new missionaries, like just in the last month and a half. And our missions giving keeps growing. I'm like, I'm confused, God. But it's not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. I keep looking at our debt. And in the, in the last um, five months, you know how many, we, we paid over 30000 down. I'm telling you, it's not by might, nor by power. It doesn't make sense. But it doesn't have to when you're leaning into the promises of God. When we do what, when we do what God asks us to do, God does what he, only he can do. But so often we get caught up like the disciples. We ask, we ask God to do, to do what we want him to do. 
And that's not right. We do what and then he pours out the blessing. He makes the way. Along the way, I'm telling you, God is doing something. He's doing something. And he's about to manifest it. And people are going to be like, oh, man, Ryan's not crazy. I'm okay if you think I'm crazy. The other day I got told I was crazy at Planet Fitness because I prayed with someone in the parking lot. So it's cool. I'm okay with that. Um, but what I'm getting at is God is doing something. And we got to lean in to his leadership. we got to be like Jesus now more than ever to this world. Because he, he wants to radically change Columbia. He wants to radically change Santa Fe, Kulioka, uh, uh, Spring Hill. He wants to radically, because there's people that need him radically. And it doesn't come from us making promises to God. It comes from us leaning on his promises. It comes from him changing us, not us trying to change him. I'm going to read you one last section of scripture. It's found in Philippians, or not Philippians, Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. And if you will. This is a beautiful section of scripture, and I think it's so appropriate to end with this, especially knowing that we're about to launch prayer night this coming Wednesday. And Paul here, and I think it builds off of Zechariah's, not by night, nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. It builds off of that really well. And also, Paul actually prays an impossible prayer in this section of scripture, and then he ends with a reminder of who our God is. It seemed impossible for Christ to carry his cross to Calvary. He gave it a shot in his own effort. But he leaned into the promise saying, God, if you want me on Golgotha, nailed to a cross, you'll make a way. And he did. Along the way, he sent someone. And Cyrene is actually in northern Africa. So he sent someone hundreds of miles possibly thousands of miles to carry a cross so that we can have salvation. Think about that. Your answer's on the way, along the way. You just got to live long enough to see it, and you got to go far enough to get it. Keep going. But here in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's he's coming off of some really amazing things. And he says, when I think about all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. It's not by might, nor by power, but by his. If you want strength, it's not by might, nor by power, but by the... Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. I love that statement. I've been wrestling with this and thinking about this for weeks. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. 
as you trust him, are you trusting and putting confidence in your promises or God's promises? As you trust God, Christ makes his home in your heart. The more, know what this tells me is the more you trust God, the more he wants to stay with you. Have you guys ever visited family? Right? You get there and you feel kind of at home, but it's not home. And it's awkward, but like, you know, you're welcome, but it's still like, I can't wait to get home. You know what I'm saying? Nathan, I know that your in-laws are here right now, so I'm not going to point you out, but I'm just <laughs> But, but you know what I'm talking about? Like when I, when I go to visit family, like my in-laws, like we can't leave soon enough. I'm just joking. It's, <laughs> I love my in-laws, but it's still not home. Even, it, and I, I sometimes wonder that that makes me think. Then Christ will make his his home in your hearts as you trust Him. And it made me think, like Lord, where's my level of trust? Because are you are you at home with me? Are you at home with me? Do you feel so comfortable to walk into the refrigerator of my heart and just to crack it open and, 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 and dive into whatever you want? Is it, or or is, is Christ like opening the front door and you know like when you have a guest that you weren't expecting and you lead them to like your seating area or your front room and they just kind of sit down awkwardly? And like, do you want some water? We have water or milk or water. Like, no, no, it's, it's fine, it's fine. You no, know, like, but is that how we treat Christ? Because that's how we treat him if we don't trust him. If we don't lean into his promises and we keep making promises of our own. We're saying, Jesus, stay right here in the entryway. You're allowed in, but I'm going to make a promise to you. But when we start saying, God, I'm going to lean fully into the promises. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You're Jehovah Sikhanu, my righteousness. You are um, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You are Jehovah Shur, my strength. You are Jehovah Nissi, my victory. That's who you are. And I trust you that, you know what? I don't know where the provision is coming from. I don't know where the healing is coming from, but that's who you are. God, I don't have to feel guilty because I know you saved me. I don't have to. I'm just going to trust in who you are. Suddenly, like God, you, you turn around and Christ is like sprawled out with his shoes off on your couch and your heart. He's making home. He's, he's making a home in your heart as you trust him. The question, our level of trust to God is his level of comfortability around you. I don't ask, I don't ask strangers to do things because I don't know them. But those I trust, I ask. And vice versa, they can ask me because they trust me. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Trust in his promises. Trust in his character. Trust in who he is. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. So if you go back a few scriptures, he prays that we understand the love of God. And then he's praying an impossible prayer because we can't fully understand it. But it doesn't keep him from praying it. 
When you trust God, you start praying crazy prayers. You start praying big prayers. You start praying, oh God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you know what? I know that you can. You start praying before you get a position. God, I pray for the dead of this church. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you can. You start praying for healing. God, I don't know how you're going to heal this cancer, but I know you can. It seems like an impossible prayer, but that's what Paul prays right here. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. An impossible prayer. Some translations say, may may you know the love of Christ, though it is too great to know fully. What? It's an impossible prayer. But man, when we trust God, impossible prayers just flow out of our trust in Him then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Whoa. Now he reminds us. Now to him. Now all glory to God who is able. Let's just read this together and let it permeate. Let's just let let it permeate and bubble up. Let your faith rise real quick. It's not by might nor by power, but by his Let let that spirit rise this up in you, who our God is, as we trust in his promises and put confidence in the spirit. Let's go. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church, and in Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do infinitely more than you can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Remind me who's at work within us? The Holy Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by and the Holy Spirit is at work within us. And he's able to do infinitely more than we ask, think, or imagine. Infinitely more. Infinitely more. I was wrestling about what to preach this week, honestly. About who the Holy Spirit is as we're in this series called Ghosted. But I thought I should settle on what the Holy Spirit does and what He's able to do. Some of us need to have a conversation like Jesus. And we just need to come up and say, God, forgive me of all the broken promises. And help me to lean into your promises. God's not wanting to condemn you or anything. He didn't even mention it to the apostles. They broke their promise within hours. Some of us just need to take time to say, God, am I leaning in on human effort? This is a really sobering message because it kind of kicks us in the shin. Am I leaning in on human effort? Ask yourself, am I making promises to God? Am I? 
I don't care if they're the best promises in the world. The apostles make great promises. Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. That's a great promise, man. Like, that's a beautiful thing. And they did it with all the sincerity of their heart could muster. But the problem is the strength level that comes from our flesh just can't keep it. That's why Jesus, that's why Ezekiel or Zechariah said, it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. By his spirit. It's only through the spirit of God that we can even walk with God. It's only through the spirit of God that we can have a relationship with God. And I, and the other test is, and it can become a prayer, and I find myself praying this a lot. Father, help me lean into your promises. Help me to believe you. Just believe you. Believe that you will do what you said you will do, and believe and help me to believe that you are who you say you are. That's a beautiful prayer. When we believe that, man, we start remembering stuff like, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above anything we ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Have you guys ever gave that scripture a lot of thought? I have. Because it's like, we ask, think, or imagine, huh? What can I think of? To show how big God is. Okay, let's think. Let's think. Of, let's think of some crazy stuff. God, can you give me a galaxy to rule over? God, now to Him who is—I'm not saying He will. He's like, no, 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 no. You can you manage your little family, and we'll see that. We'll see about that. Um, but what I'm getting at is, God is able do exceedingly, abundantly, and above anything we ask, think, or imagine. That means there's not a prayer request small enough that God can't handle. That means there's not a prayer request big enough that God can't handle. Just lean in to who Christ is, just like Jesus did. God, if you want me to do this, you're going to make a way. I believe your promises. Because you are able. That's it. I'm going to open the altars. And maybe you just need to turn around in your own seat and say, God, am I leaning in my promises or your promises? Because I want to lean on yours, not mine. And what I would love to see and do and is all of us walk out of here saying, okay, just like Christ, not my will, but your will be done. And that's a personal thing. I can't do that. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit right now in response. But as Pastor Ben leads us, I'm going to let you listen to the Holy Spirit right now. And I believe just like Christ walked out of the garden knowing exactly what God wanted him to do, I believe we could walk out of here with that same confidence. I believe that God, we, we can know and, and know the difference is Christ, he, he, he didn't necessarily know how it was all going to play out because he was fully human. But he walked out with the confidence knowing I'm going to lean in on Christ. I'm going to lean in on God's promises, my Father's promises over me. I'm going to lean in on his word. I'm going to trust all the prophecies that he prophesied about me. That's what Christ did, and, and that was a confidence that he had. That's, that was it. And you can have that same, pro, that, that same confidence. You might not know how it's all going to work out, but you can sure put your confidence in Christ and his promises 
And I think we can all walk out of here on that, like that. But that's a working of the Spirit in us. It's not a certain amount of time at an altar. If you need to come forward, I pray that you do. It's not a certain amount of time praying in your seat. It's not a certain amount of time worshiping with your hands held high. It's it's this, what, what, what did Christ do? He, he went and prayed three times. But I think that's a good place to start is prayer. But it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Even then. So let's all stand. I, I find it's easier to, to move and listen and obey as we're already loosened up. And as Pastor Ben leads us, I would encourage you to ask Spirit, what do you want me to do? Father, have your way in the name of Jesus. Amen. Fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling heights too vast to climb I got so high to fall so far found heaven as love swept low my heart beating my soul breathing I found my life when I laid it down of word falling spirit soaring I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground Sweep me up in your love again And my 